You're listening to The Range, Garden Web University streaming and on-demand radio. Jeff Powell in with you. In the studio, Matthew Tessner, the big sports fan. It's fall, Jeff. Yes, it is. I'm excited to well, be here. Well, is it? If it's like 80 it's, degrees. It's 80-something degrees, but, but the sports seasons remind ah, me that it is fall. Okay. So when the weather confuses you, just, just look to the, the world of sports, yeah. you know what season it is. Yeah, yeah. What we're, season is it? Well, we're, we're in that mixture between fall and getting ready for the winter sports seasons to kick off. But we're big time in the – we're getting close to postseason time in a couple of sports uh, here at Gardner-Webb. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really charging, charging hard now in, in fall sports. I, I cannot – start off by talking about anybody else but our women's soccer team they've they've now won five straight matches there at gardner webb four of those have been shutouts and in that five uh five game winning streak they've outscored uh, their opponents nine goals to one wow. they've allowed one goal in the last five matches wow do not want to give them any kind of jinx um, I don't think it makes it makes it any worse by me saying that. I sure hope not. Um, but they play Campbell, I believe, at seven o'clock uh, this coming Saturday night. Uh, that'll be October twenty second as we record this, uh, and at Green Harvison Stadium here on campus. And uh, they need to win that match, and I think get a little bit of help from a couple of other teams. The, the standings, if you look at the Big South women's uh, soccer conference standings. There's a lot of teams there that are kind of in that five and one and one, yeah, yeah. six and two, five and three range, and so it's been very competitive, uh, very top heavy conference. It seems like uh, there are a couple. Usually, when you see that, you see a lot of teams with with more wins than losses. Then you have to have some balance out at the bottom because somebody's had to lose or tie in those matches as well. So I think there's somebody who's maybe zero and six or something like that, or you know whatever whatever the numbers are. Um, but yeah, they they have just they've just played unbelievable, uh, and they, they just continue to shut out. I saw another shutout selfie post on uh, Instagram and Facebook last night, and so they're having a they're having a grand time. Yeah. And um, last night, I believe uh, in their their match, they scored I think a goal in the third minute and the fourth minute, and so they got out there and they scored really quickly, took a two goals to none lead. And that that was the final score, two to nothing. So wow. they started quick, and I know um, Coach Mike Varga, uh, I saw on GWSports.com in the wrap-up, was saying he was so pleased with their quick start. And I think that's something we've talked about in several sports. You you can start quick, and that's great, but you've then got to maintain that. So many so many times we see a team in, in any sport start fast, and they can't maintain it for the whole whatever number of minutes they've got to play in their mm-hmm. in their sport. So uh, kudos to them for. Starting fast and finishing it off, and we'll be excited to see uh, if they can wrap up a, a regular season championship uh, for Gardner Webb. And I believe uh, their most recent win guaranteed them at least one home game in the Big South uh, Women's Soccer Conference tournament. So we should get to see some postseason yeah. soccer here on campus, yeah, which yeah. that's incredibly exciting as well. Yes, it is. We um, also now coming off of homecoming, uh, tough matchup against Coastal Carolina last weekend, seventeen to seven, led going into the fourth quarter. Uh, our defense really kept us in that game with some big plays. Uh, now we've got Kennesaw State coming in here, a young program, and I was very uh, interested to hear Coach McRae say this week that they have one hundred and ten players on their roster and 92 of them come from the state of georgia georgia yeah they are recruiting homegrown football talent down there and high school football uh is rich in the state of georgia as it is in alabama and a lot of the other southern states it's just there's a lot of talent there seems to be a lot of size and speed and athleticism so 
as he said, we'll have our hands full playing mm-hmm. Kennesaw State this weekend, and still I, I, that's a home game, right? It's home a home game. game. It ends up that that four game home stretch that we've had uh, first time at the Division One level, and so obviously we'll be hoping to try to finish that four game homestand three and one, uh, and also move to two and zero in the Big South. That was something else that Coach McCray talked about. Uh, you know, tons to play for. You look at that tough tough matchup with Coastal Carolina coming off of that, and now being three and four but if you win uh, against Kennesaw State and you get another home conference win we're two and oh and continue to move forward and and it really is I love what he said too about uh, how you're playing for a conference championship every week basically mm-hmm. you know if you can keep winning then you know the the, uh, the you're in the hunt yeah you're in the hunt and the stakes just continue to go up uh, now this game's going to be televised I, I, yeah I understand that I, I believe um, folks said uh, CCB here locally uh, I think can, that's right. you can check it out whatever your your uh, WCCB station yeah is. and there's some uh, and it's at noon kickoff at noon cable network are too going to be airing it as well yeah and that's that's uh, something that you can catch Gardner Webb football uh, on a variety of networks uh, just depending on who's carrying it and mm-hmm. uh, ESPN three there's mm-hmm. there's more ways than ever to to follow um, so that that'll be exciting moving forward uh, another interesting note about uh, Gardner Webb sports this past week that really caught my eye was our men's golf team they won the Elon Invitational this past week uh, by 18 strokes wow. I believe they finished as a team collective believe the stat I saw was we were 22 under par and the next closest was four under par wow incredible golf and and I think we had a couple of players shoot 66 and low 60s a couple of days and that's that's just going out there and tearing up the course in in golf um so really exciting for them to, to do that. And, and we haven't talked about men's golf a lot uh, on this this uh, program. But uh, T, Coach T. Burton always does a good job. And, and definitely something that folks may not realize about him is that he coaches the men's and women's teams. And, and he has a graduate assistant oftentimes who helps him out with doing that. But you're coaching two athletic teams, even if they play in the same sport. Uh, and that's that's got to be challenging. Yeah. And so you know, when you can, can get your, your guys and your girls Girls ready to play every single week, uh, and, and during season and preparing in the off season, going out there recruiting for both of those teams, uh, it's exciting when you can put it all together and you have a, a victory like they had this past week. Um, one other thing of note that I thought we could mention uh, that folks might be interested in from across different ages was our Athletics Hall of Fame inductees this past weekend with Homecoming. That's always an exciting time here. We induct our distinguished alumni into our gallery, uh, and those those usually are more academic, professional, in different ways kind of alumni. But we also have our Athletics Hall of Fame, and uh, we had quite a class. And the thing that struck me with this class is a lot of these folks uh, graduated in the last 10 to 15 years, and a good number of them were playing when I was here, even oh. albeit on the on the early end. So particular interest to you? Uh, very much so. And and I told Mark Rabb uh, over in over in athletics and sports information, I said, "Wow, you know, a lot of these. I remember a lot of seeing a lot of these play soccer and football and and things like that." And he said, "You know what that means? It means you're getting old. <laughs> you're, you're getting older." Uh, and, and getting old and starting to remember some of these folks who are now going into the Hall of Fame. I said, well, you know, that's that's okay. I'll, I'll take the memories. But um, 
Jim, you know, folks like Jim Maxwell, he was one of the inductees. Uh, I just remember when, when I was a freshman at Gardner-Webb in, in uh, the, I guess, the 2003 football season there in the fall, uh, seeing Maxwell out there playing on defense as a linebacker and just remembering, wow, that guy's good. He's fast, he's big, he's strong. Uh, so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I, you know, it, was a, it was a big time for our football team at that time. We won two straight Big South championships uh, with our football team. And during Maxwell's time uh, at Gardner-Webb, the football team went 30-13 and 13 in those seasons. Wow. So we were really, really strong. I mean, that's that's close to a 70% winning percentage there. Uh, he had, uh, fortunately, the opportunity to play in the NFL for a couple of teams. I believe he played for the Giants, uh, New York football Giants, the uh, the Bengals, and um, oh, one other team I'm blanking right now. But uh, And then he came back, I understand, and got his NBA here at Gardner-Webb. Uh, so, he, so he's had tons of opportunities to, to do all kinds of different things. And one of his teammates Harold Wells uh, was another inductee, and I remember thinking the same thing about that guy when when I watched him play. Wow, that guy's big and strong, uh, and he played on both sides of the football. He was a defensive lineman and was really good at stopping the run and getting after the quarterback, but sometimes they would line him up at fullback and let him run with the ball. And I think he scored eight touchdowns. He was a defensive guy, but they would use him in some of those goal line mm-hmm. close sets and um, as kind of a, a big fullback. And uh, and he did. He, he got in the end zone plenty of times, too. So we had two football guys. Uh, we had Leanna Woodworth when she was here as a student. Now she's Leanna Woodworth Blaylock. She was a women's soccer player. And uh, she is still in the Garden Web record book. She's tied for the most goals. She scored 49 goals uh, when she was here. And she had 37 assists, and that was first all-time at Gardner-Webb. And so she had quite a soccer career. Uh, and then we had uh, Blake Lolly, baseball player. He has gotten a chance, like Maxwell, to play professional sports. And he's kind of been been back and forth in several minor league uh, with several minor league teams in in uh, major organizations, different franchises: Brewers, Cubs, Braves. And he finished this past season on the Braves roster. Um, at at the major league level, and so he's had you know over the last decade tons of opportunities to play pro baseball. So again, not not surprising there. And um, talking to Coach Strap and people around the baseball program, he's just a stand up guy. He's one of those guys who comes back when he can and uh, continues to connect as an as an alum with uh, our current players and encourage those guys. And I think that's the culture that we have here. A lot of our, our athletes who, who su- succeed and excel, they come back and they do either give back um, in, in a number of ways or they just they come back and they support the teams. They're very interested in what the team is doing now uh, and they continue to, to be friends with their coaches and uh, other players and other alumni of different years. Um, so a big, just a big class uh, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and, I, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Stanley Easterling. He was a basketball player. He was the fifth guy who was, was inducted. Uh, and he played here under Coach Jim Wilde. And obviously he was uh, here in the 1980s. And so I was a child in the 1980s, uh, four or five years old when he was playing basketball here. So I had to kind of look back and see, did he play for the legendary uh, Eddie Holbrook or did he play for the legendary Jim Wiles? And he he played for Wiles. And he also had an opportunity to play uh, pro basketball overseas. I understand he played in Europe for quite a number of years. So huge, huge class and exciting for us uh, this past weekend. What about some um, 
professional sports. Yeah, you know, we can always we can always talk about football. I want to talk about uh, World Series getting close here, uh, but I'll touch on touch on football first to, to get that out of the way because for for Carolina Panthers fans, this season has <laughs> been too good. This season, no, it hasn't. This is quickly becoming a, a scary season and and maybe one to forget at some point here. Uh, one in five, uh, you know, the, the Panthers have a history of when they have a really strong season and they either make a playoff run or get to the Super Bowl, the two times they've done that, following it up with a really rough year. And that's tough for fans. You know, you're coming it off is. of that high. And, I mean, even when you lose the Super Bowl, you had a Super Bowl season. They went 15-1 and one last year in the conference regular season. Conference champions, won the, the conference big championship. game. 17-2 yeah. and two if you add their playoff you know, record in there, too. Uh, so that's that's just that's just tough, and uh, to see them start one and five, uh, to lose the lose games the way they have been, uh, the defense obviously has not been where it has been over the past several years, and a lot of the same names and, and guys are out there. Exactly, they're just not putting it together. I, you can definitely say, I think at this point though that. Not just the loss of Josh Norman, uh, but Roman Harper and some of the other guys that they lost in the defensive backfield is starting to really hurt them. We've talked about the last couple of weeks, doing things like giving up 300 yards, receiving to one guy. You're going to have a hard time winning when you're doing something like that. And that that just shows how important it is to have solid play every week from every position really because if if one area lets you down that can that can be the thing that 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 kills your your team and your your momentum your chances to win so it's really really just just been a tough season for for the panthers now one team that is winning is minnesota minnesota's still undefeated and i've seen a couple analysts saying they think that that this coming sunday when they play the eagles is going to be the time when that when that ends i think they're playing Mm -hmm. in philadelphia and and the eagles have been okay pretty good i think they're they're maybe three and two they've got a rookie quarterback quarterback in, in Philadelphia who's playing extremely well Carson Wentz and uh and the Vikings have been a really big surprise because they they did they lost Teddy Bridgewater their quarterback to injury for the year before the season uh and then they lost Adrian Peterson their running back former NFL MVP to injury for for the season here and so it's really a surprise you always have a team like that it seems that that surprises you but their defense has played strong the guys who they've put in there to replace those injured injured players have stepped up uh so yeah you've got the Vikings at 5 and 0 and you've got the Cowboys boys at five and one behind a rookie running back and a rookie quarterback that's maybe one of the biggest stories in the nfl this season so far is what the cowboys have done uh, with that youth and the other part of that story is the controversy now that the cowboys have when tony romo their quarterback for i don't know the last five six seven eight years when he comes back from injury uh jerry jones the owner of the cowboys has been saying you know it's still romo's team he's he's going to be back in there at quarterback but when you've got a rookie who's playing as well as Dak Prescott is, and they're five and one, he's not throwing interceptions, he's managing the game well. Do you mess with that chemistry? Do you mess up that momentum uh, by putting that guy back in there? Yeah. And so that's that's the question that people are, are asking right now, and that's that's kind of the hot topic. Uh, but you know, along with the along with the Cowboys, Seattle, and New England, two teams that it seems like we're looking at every year here in the last five years or so, the the Seahawks and Patriots, they're also one loss teams at this point. And so there's some very familiar teams at the top, and then there's for me Minnesota's a huge surprise yeah, I think yeah. I thought their defense would be pretty good but when they lost their quarterback and their their running back I thought you know they were they were kind of dead in the water and and they're not uh so it's it's always interesting to see you know very very surprising I thought the Panthers would have a fall off from last year not going to very often with any team go 15 and one a couple of years in a row but I didn't see a one and five start no, no not and I don't know that many people did now on to the baseball well yeah and we are getting to that time now where I think no matter 
it's more exciting. I don't know that I could say no matter who you are, you're excited about it. But it is more exciting if one of your teams is there, of course. But of course. we are getting to that time when we're getting close to the World Series, and we've got some teams there that are really fighting to get there mm-hmm. who have either not been to the World Series in a long time or have not won it in a long time or both. A lot of folks I know, they don't really even pay attention to baseball until now. Yeah, and that's when it gets exciting. And, you know, if you are on a baseball team or you have, uh, you know, a friend or family member who's playing or something like that, yeah, you're, you're in it big time. And, and all the games matter, obviously. If you, don't, if you don't play well for half the season of 162 games, you're not going to get to this point. So yeah. it's big for the guys who do it every day, but it is tough to follow. It's yeah. just a long season. It's and a so long season. It is. October is the time when I really get, get engaged and get excited. And uh, the Cleveland Indians have clinched their spot in the World Series. They're going back first time since 1997, and that that World Series they lost to the Florida Marlins, who were still a relatively new team at that time, and were called the Florida Marlins. Now they're the Miami Marlins. A big big change there. Um, but the, so so the Indians are there, and I think by all accounts, really they've done it with pitching, really strong pitching. Uh, they won their series over the Blue Jays four to one. Lost game four. Uh, they or they they could have swept that series. Mm-hmm. Um, just look just look dominant the whole time. And All of right. course for the Indians, they haven't won a World Series since 1948. And the other interesting thing of note for Cleveland is that they they just broke that streak as a city of not right. winning a major professional sports championship in a long time. It, with it's the Cavs a good winning sports it. year in Cleveland. It's a great sports year in Cleveland, and I think that the party is strong right now in Cleveland. But but it will only continue to be that way and be the strongest if they can win the World Series. Sure. And the tough thing is on the other side, you've got Cubs and Dodgers. And as as we record, they're they're tied two two now. The the Cubs won the first game. They lost games two. Two and three, and they came back and won Game Four. Uh, and they had, they had I think a twenty one inning scoreless streak uh, in those losses and in early into Game Four against the Dodgers. They had twenty one innings where they didn't score any runs, Ooh. and so their strong hitting lineup really just. I, something happened to it, and I, whether that's strong pitching by the Dodgers or, or just not being ready and prepared for, for scouting and, and knowing what's coming at you, I don't, I don't know what it was, but suddenly the Cubs just looked nothing like the team that we saw win more than 100 games during the regular season. And so now we do. We've got a 2-2 series, uh, one more game in Los Angeles, and then game six, which we'll definitely have, we'll be back in Chicago, and then it, and if needed, we'll stay in Chicago for that. But uh, big thing for the Cubs, like we talked about last week, 1908, the last time they won a World Series, 1945, the last time they went to the World Series. But we got to blame that on the curse. The curse, yeah, the curse of the goat, the, the Billy Goat, uh, Billy Goat Tavern uh, owner. We were, we were kind of looking back at that history. Uh, yeah, 1945, as, as the story goes, uh, the owner of the Billy Goat Tavern in Chicago there uh, was in the stands with his pet goat and somebody complained about the odor and he was asked to leave and uh, when he left he said the Cubs ain't going to win no more mm-hmm. and uh, that was 1945 that was their last World Series trip that ended a string of I think at that time seven straight World Series losses they have not been back since wow. um, so the, the drought is incredibly long there and I, I can't help as a fan and I can't claim to be a Cubs fan in Indians fan or Dodgers fan, uh, but I can't help but pull for the Cubs to get there. It's been since 1908, 108 years. I mean, there's got to be some uh something there to get a few people excited about the possibility of yeah, the Cubs. I mean, win. just from a historical standpoint, exactly. I think those are the kind of things sometimes that can transcend just the games. Yeah. 
and can make non-sports fans interested. Yeah. And to, to have a chance at having Indians, Cubs, two teams that haven't won a, a World Series in such a long time. You know, and the Dodgers haven't won one since the 80s themselves. But to have a chance to go back far beyond that mm-hmm. uh, is just too exciting. And, you know, Chicago, we can't say the same thing for the city of Chicago and their pro sports teams as we can for Cleveland up until this year because – Obviously, back in the 90s, the, the Bulls, Bulls with Michael Jordan won six championships. And uh, it's been a while since the Bears have have been extremely relevant. Uh, they went to, to a Super Bowl, I think, in 06, lost to Peyton Manning and the Colts. But they've, they've been there. Uh, but the city as a whole doesn't have the, the torture that Cleveland right. has had up until right. this year. But the Cubs sure have. And whether it has anything to do with the, the curse of the goat or, or not, uh, it would be nice to see them win. And you know, the last time, I think, in baseball that – uh, I really remember seeing such a streak broken was uh, when the Boston Red Sox, mm, 10, 12 years now ago, broke the curse of the Bambino. Uh, you know, all those years after selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees, the Red Sox didn't win. I think it was 86 years or something like that that they didn't win a World Series while the Yankees just sit back. And mm-hmm. uh, while Babe Ruth was there, uh, then in the Mickey Mantle years, then in the 70s with Reggie Jackson, and then, you know, in the 90s with, with Derek Jeter and, and some of those guys, they just piled up World Series championships mm-hmm. in New York. Meanwhile, the Red Sox sit over there and, and have nothing. But we get that series where the Red Sox and Yankees are playing. The Yankees take a three games to none lead, and the Red Sox come back and win the next four mm-hmm. and beat them, go to the World Series and win the World Series championship. That was incredibly exciting. To get something like that again this year with the Cubs would just be so entertaining beyond yeah. anything anybody could even set up themselves. But to do it against the Indians – would be also incredible because the Indians have had quite a drought, and those fans really want to win two championships in one year after ending that long drought. You have been listening to The Big Sports Fan with Matthew Tesnier. I'm Jeff Powell. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out all the past podcasts uh, from our SoundCloud account. Just click on that button right there that says on-demand programming. It will take you to it. You can do a quick search. You can find them all. You can follow along with the very latest on, uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, RSS feeds, Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm probably leaving something out, but there's lots of ways to stay in touch and keep up with the very latest. And we appreciate your uh, listening. We appreciate your comments and questions as well. Send those to info, I-N-F-O at WGWG.org.